Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Go Ahead podcast. It is Monday, which means that is time for the catch up. This is where I'm going to be talking about all things pop culture and just everything that's going on in the world and in my life. So let's get right into it. Okay, so starting off with some news that broke in the last few days. Adele has postponed her Vegas residency. So Adele has a little bit of a history. We saw it with the final shows of the 25 tour in London. She cancelled her shows very last minute and she did it again with the Vegas residency. She didn't cancel it. She said that she's postponing them. Um, And it was the day before the residency was supposed to start. Like it was so last minute. There was fans already in Vegas um obviously really upset because they spent so much money on getting to vegas getting the tickets which was very hard to do um they didn't they had like a wait list like they didn't i feel like they didn't even have a pre-sale i feel like i saw that somewhere that the vegas residency didn't even have a pre-sale because they were so in demand um which is crazy but it's adele um but yes so she pwned her vegas residency shows um the residency is called Weekends with Adele, and it's in Caesar Palace. There's been some, like, there's been a few rumors as to why she postponed the shows. And they're all kind of pointing towards her being a bit of a diva. Um, which I think is fine, you know? It's Adele. If she wants something, she should fucking get it. Um, apparently, um, her, Adele and her team wanted to change the like sound system that they have in Caesar's Palace specifically for that show or for her residency and also change the the screen you know how like every like concert whatever has like a massive screen she wanted to change that um and make it a little bit bigger and that sounds all well and good you know that's fine but when you put it into the perspective of the other artists that have performed in Caesar's Palace, it's kind of a bit of like, okay, girl, like, come on, you know? Artists include Mariah Carey, who's like known to be the biggest diva of all time, um, and Celine Dion, who's a huge and incredible artist. So, you know, if the stage and everything technical in Caesar's Palace was good enough for them like it should be good enough for Adele but as I said if Adele wants something she deserves to fucking get it because she's Adele um but it is making me a little bit nervous because I have tickets to Adele's one of Adele's shows in London in July and it's making me a little bit nervous I'm like is she going to cancel this as well but I feel like she can't because she already cancelled as I said, she cancelled the shows at the end of the 25 tour. I believe it was in 2017. So she cancelled those shows. So I feel like if there's if she's if she cancels the ones in London again, there's gonna be like absolute uproar. Like people will not have it at all. Which is fair enough. I mean, it's shitty for an artist to keep on, you know, cancelling their gigs. Especially when fans 
from all over the world are coming to see you, you know? Um, so that's shit, but hopefully it will go ahead. I saw something saying that um, with, like, the scheduling of Caesar's Palace for the rest of this year, it's looking like she won't be doing her residency until 2023, which is a year away. The reason I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, is because it's going to be good. Like, it's going to be an incredible show. So I feel like it is going to be worth the wait. Um, And I was actually really surprised because of how fast the turnaround was. Like, she, I feel like she announced the residency in November or December. And it was starting mid-January. I feel like that was such a quick turnaround. Whereas usually... um. I know for tours, it's a little bit different than a residency because it's like traveling all over the world rather than being in one specific place. But I feel like tours, they're announced, you know, six months to even 18 months in advance. Um, so I was very surprised that turned around. And yeah, I hope I hope this residency go- does go ahead because I feel like it will be absolutely phenomenal. Speaking of vas- biggest residencies... Katy Perry started her residency in Vegas called Play, and it looks incredible. Katy Perry is just the queen of camp. She can do anything. And it's just like, of course, of course you did that. You're Katy Perry. <laughs> you know, that kind of way. Like, it's insane. It's like, it's like RuPaul's Drag Race on crack. It's like crazy costumes and colorful and like incredible like stage props and everything like that. It's, it's so great. It's so great. Why did I say that in American accent? Um, but yeah, so that's Adele news. If anything else comes up, I will be sure to report back to you on it. <laughs> right, moving on to something else that happened. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly got engaged. I feel like they were already engaged because they're just so like open about their relationship and how much they love each other. And they're like big into the PDA. So I actually thought they were already engaged, but clearly not. I loved all the memes going around saying that Machine Gun Kelly looked like a footlocker worker. I forget what they said, but it was funny. Um, So yeah, they're engaged and it's been crazy. So in the Instagram picture um, where Megan Fox announced the engagement, she said that they drank each other's blood afterwards. I hope this isn't true. I feel like they're very much, like, in on the joke. It's much like um, Travis and Courtney as well. Travis Barker and Courtney Kardashian. Like, they're very much in on the joke. Like, they know how, how public they are with their relationship. So I feel like they're in on the joke. So I hope that's not true. And even if it was, it does not surprise me. Another thing about this engagement, the ring was, like, designed so that Megan Fox cannot take it off. That sounds insane. It's a beautiful ring, though, but, like, apparently it has, like, thorns inside of it so that, like, she can't take it off or she, like, gets scratched. That's insane. Kind of iconic, though. Goddamn. So, that's them. I wish them all the best. (laughs) I don't really know what else to say. They're engaged, not surprising. I feel like that was a long time coming, even though they haven't been, like, together that long. So, congrats. Megan and Machine Gun Kelly, I wish you all the best in your married life. Moving on to something a bit sadder. This literally broke, I'd say, 
in the last like 12 to 14 hours. Terry Mugler died, which is really sad. Um, Manfred Thierry Mugler died at age 73 due to natural causes. It's, it's, it's very sad because Mugler was such a visionary in fashion. Like the silhouettes and the whole like tiny waist and like corseted look really did come from Mugler and he perfected it so much and it, it's a very sad day for fashion and the fashion industry. Now I'm not big into fashion but I know from like watching Drag Race and stuff he really inspires um, a lot of looks that everybody loves you know so it is very sad and sending love I'm sending love to his family and his friends um because it's very sad very sad and he was so young as well like 73 obviously it's not young but it's not old it's just very sad very sad there's been a lot of like huge celebrity deaths this year you know Bob Saget Betty White which was on New Year's Eve um yeah very sad there's been a lot of deaths. I feel like there is always a lot of deaths, though, at the start of each year. There's a lot of celebrity deaths, which is crazy. It's kind of weird, but... Moving swiftly along, I want to talk about Jamie Lynn Spears. She was recently on Call Her Daddy, which I feel like everybody has heard about. If you haven't, I really recommend listening to that podcast. Not even just the Jamie Lynn interview, but just every episode it's just it's very um it reminds me of sex in the city you know being so open about sex and like giving sex tips and all that um speaking of sex in the city tune in on thursday the first recap episode but um yeah i like it it's very sex positive open about sex gives you great relationship advice i love call her daddy but anyways jamie lynn spears was on the call her daddy podcast and it was very interesting to me because obviously Jamie Lynn's book has come out. She's been on Good Morning America and now she's been on Call Her Daddy. And when it was announced that she was on Call Her Daddy, a lot of people were angry. They were like, you know, why are you giving this um, this person a platform to tell their story? They don't deserve it, whatever, because a lot of people think that Jamie Lynn had like something to do with the conservatorship with Britney's conservatorship um and after listening to call her daddy she didn't she was trying to get Britney out of it actually which is very interesting to hear um and it's very sad as well because it makes it just so much more real that Britney Spears was in a conservatorship being abused like physically and mentally whatever for 13 years like that's insane almost 14 years, like, crazy, and I'm so, like, glad that she's out of it, but Jamie Lynn Spears and Britney Spears have been going back and forth on social media, I don't think the notes app has been used this much <laughs> in a long time, <laughs> um, it's crazy, like, they're just going back and forth and having this debate, and the first few were like, okay, you know, get it out there, but now, for me personally, I'm just kind of like, just talk about it with sorry i feel like someone's gonna come in i'm recording this in college i'm like kind of scared oh my god you guys 
Anyways, I feel like for the first few like notes up screenshots, I was like, okay, fair enough, whatever, get it out there. But now I'm kind of just like talk about it personally, like in person and privately because it's a lot. And like, it's not just for me personally. I don't think it's a good look. Like just talk about it privately, be better for everybody involved, you know. But it's their own prerogative as Britney Spears would say. And yeah, I wish, I do truly wish both of them the best. And also, by the way, I thought the whole um, Brit, uh, Jamie Lynn's book coming out and the Good Morning America thing, I thought all of this was very much um, like a cash grab. Um, the book probably is a cash grab, but like after hearing her talk on Call Her Daddy, I'm like, whoa. Like, there's a lot more to the story than we didn't know. And there's a lot more to Jamie Lynn's life. Like, she was, like, her mom, her mother used to hit her. Um, there was big drama when she got pregnant. Like, it was kind of alluded to her, like, she should probably get an abortion. When she did get pregnant, OK Magazine did a cover story on it. She was brought away to a cabin in the middle of nowhere for three weeks, I think it was, with her mother. And, like, she was, like, in hiding. And she couldn't talk to the father of the child. She couldn't talk to anybody. And Britney Spears didn't find out that her own sister was pregnant as a 16-year-old until every everybody else in the world found out. And I, we also found out that... Sorry, I feel like I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but it's just really interesting to me. We also found out that Britney wasn't the only one that took legal action against her her family members um, in order to get control of her life and her money. Um, Jamie Lynn actually brought her parents to court for an emancipation because her parents, like, weren't giving her the freedom. Like, Jamie wanted to buy her own house and, like, raise her, her child. Um, but her mom was like, you know, just live here, whatever. Like, she wasn't giving her full financial control. Like, I mean, which is fair enough. I mean, she was 16, but at the same time was on Zoe 101 getting a pretty penny. I'm not sure, like, the exact figure, but I know she was getting paid a good good amount. Um, so she had her own money. She, As I said, she was raising a child. Like, she should be able to have her own space. Um, so she brought her parents to court for an emancipation, and they decided not to get emancipated because her parents agreed to, you know, give her more control over her life. Which I thought was really interesting. Um, it just shows how bad they were as parents. Sorry. Sorry. But um found that that was interesting. Um, that Britney wasn't the only one to take legal action against her family members. I found, yeah. As I said, I recommend listening to the Call Her Daddy podcast. And definitely do listen to those interviews because... It was, I've said this a million times, but it was so interesting. Moving on to something a little bit different. I want to talk about Euphoria. (laughs) So Euphoria season two has come out. As I'm recording this, a brand new episode three came out yesterday or last night. And I haven't watched it yet, but I'm really excited to watch it. But yeah, Euphoria season two is here. And so far... In the first two episodes, it's so, so good. Like, I remember 
for season one, like literally every week watching it as it came out. And then I feel like around 2020, everybody was like, oh, Euphoria. Like I remember on TikTok, like having a Euphoria party when it was just like purple lights, a bit of glitter and then like cool makeup. Like, have you even watched the show? But I feel like a lot of people actually have watched the show now since it gained a bit of popularity online in 2020, 2021 kind of era. Um, and so, so many more people are watching it now. Because I remember, like, when season one came out and I was watching it every week, I'd be, like, asking people if they've watched it and they've never even heard of it, you know? So I'm so glad that I can, like, talk about it with people now. But, um, yeah, season two is great. It's so good so far. As I said, I haven't watched episode three yet. I'm going to go home and watch it soon, but skip on a little bit for spoilers because I will be talking about it if you don't want it to get spoiled for you. Nate Jacobs can go fuck himself. He is such a little prick. <laughs> I actually hate him so much. Oh my God. I'm so happy that Fez like punched him and like bet him up. That was so good. I loved that. <laughs> Also, can we talk about Faye? She's such a little icon. Like, the massive lips. So funny. She reminds me of a girl that I know from back home. Anyways, I love Dominic Fike's character. I feel like we haven't seen too much of Jules yet. But in epi- at the end of episode two, we saw Nate saying to his dad, you know, you know that classmate of mine that you fucked, whatever. I thought that was cool. And in in episode two, we saw that Maddie was kind of starting to connect the dots between Cassie and Nate meeting up and stuff, which was very interesting. And we also saw that Rue saw Cassie get into Nate's car. So something might happen soon. I'm not sure. I as I said, I haven't watched episode three, but so far, so good. I like this season. I think I prefer it more than season one at the moment. Um... But that might change, you don't know. So excited to see where this season goes. And I heard a lot of people, like, conspiracy theories that Rue dies this season. And at first I was like, oh no, like, I don't want that to happen. Like, I don't want her to die. But then as I was thinking about it more, I was kind of like, you know what? If she does die, that's okay. Just as long as they do it justice and, like, they do it in the right way, I'll be happy. Because I feel like Euphoria isn't the type of show to have, like, eight, nine, ten seasons. It's very much, like, max three seasons would be good for this show. So I'm excited to see where it goes. If it ends after season two, I'm not sure. I really do. I really love that show. It's so great. It's such a great show. Oh, my God. So, so great. The next topic I want to talk about is... RuPaul's Drag Race. (sighs) I've mentioned it a few times already in this episode. I love this show so much. It is so great. I fucking love it. I started watching Drag Race when I was like 16, maybe 15. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. Um, And I've watched so much Drag Race. I've watched obviously US, UK... Canada, Australia, like I'm all of all stars, like I'm so excited. But season 14 started two weeks ago, I want to say. 
yeah, two weeks ago. And it's good so far. I came to the realization a few weeks ago that I very much prefer Drag Race UK over, you know, the American Drag Race. Just because I feel, I don't know why, I just feel like it's funnier and like less produced. Even though I feel like they're produced the same way. Like it's a, it's a TV show, but so far I'm loving season 14. Love all the queens. First episode, we saw Cornbread winning and Orion's story going home after lip syncing against, against Junja Malaya. Second episode, we saw Angeria Paris Van Michaels win the um, talent show. And we saw Diabetti sashay away after lip syncing against Deja Sky. And then in episode three, the two eliminated. Goddamn. And then in episode three, the eliminated queens, Orion Story and Diabetti, came back into the competition and we were back to 14 queens. And that's when the competition really started. So, this season they're doing something a little bit different. They have a chocolate bar, RuPaul chocolate bar. And after each lip sync, the person that Ru says to sashay away has to open up a chocolate bar. And if there's a golden ticket inside, they get to stay in the competition. And if there's not, they sashay away and go home. And we saw that happen for the first time in episode three. So Willow, there's just a really weird noise. Willow Pill, Willow Pill, RuPaul. Like, that annoys me when RuPaul says that. Willow Pill. Oh, it annoys me. Burned into my brain. But Willow Pill won the maxi challenge, which was, there was two balls. Um, Hide and go chic and the red, white and blue ball. And yeah, Willow Pill won that maxi challenge. Fair and square, to be honest. She killed it. I love the black on black leopard print. I think that was so cool. But yeah, she won the maxi challenge. And then Maddie Morphosis, who I'm going to talk about in a second. But Maddie Morphosis and Jung Jambalaya lip synced. And we saw Jung Jambalaya go home after she opened up her chocolate bar and there was no golden ticket. It was sad to see Jung Jambalaya go, but I feel like she has a lot more growing to do and I almost feel like she was a bit too nice for the competition. I feel, yeah, I heard Bob the Drag Queen say that, you know, she's too nice for this competition. And I low-key agree. Obviously, I've never been on Drag Race, but I've heard that it's like a real like pressure cooker and it's like harsh. I feel like she was a bit too nice. But I do definitely think that, you know, maybe sometime on All Stars or something, she'd be incredible. Um, but, but I do feel like she has a bit more growing to do. I want to talk about Maddie Morphosis now. Maddie Morphosis, if you don't know who she is... Oh my God, there's someone there. Oh my God, they're coming in. Sorry, guys. I am recording in college and... Someone just thought they had a class in here, <laughs> even though I'm in here on my own. But, um, so I had to stop for a second. But, yeah, going back to Maddie Morphosis, she is the first ever cisgender heterosexual man on the show. So a straight man from Arkansas. When it first came out, 
that he was going to be on the show. I was like, oh, like, that's weird, but it's cool. You know, drag is for everybody. But then I started thinking and I was like, you know, like, Drag Race is a TV show where queer people dress up and have a good time. And it's such an important show for the LGBTQIA plus community. And I feel like it's one of the only shows where, like, a straight person, other than, like, you know, any judges, like Michelle Visage or whatever, you know, it's a TV show where a straight person isn't on it. And as I got thinking about it more, I was a little bit disappointed because I feel like Maddie Morphosis got cast just as like a storyline or for like a little bit of buzz around the season. You know, oh, there's a straight drag queen on it. Let's watch it, you know. Um, And it makes me sad because I'm like, can the gays not just have one thing? (laughs) In the trailer, I mentioned that I'm bi, by the way. If anybody who's listening to this episode has not listened to the trailer for this podcast, I am a bisexual man. But, um... It's just like, can we not just have one thing for us, you know? So I was a little bit disappointed, but it is what it is. So far, to be honest, I actually like her drag. I really liked her runway look in the in episode two, where it was like the second box of queens. I thought that was so cool, the way it looked like, like she was holding her own head. But yeah, I think it's a bit... I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to watch the season to see how she gets on. I, As I said, I do like her drag, but I just, it's, it's unfortunate, you know. Another thing about Drag Race that I want to talk about, just before I move on to my final topic, is RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world. I am so fucking excited for this, this franchise. It's going to be so good. We have, it's kind of like international all-stars. You know, there's queens from few different franchises coming and competing and i'm very excited so we have three queens from the uk we have bag egg ships blue hydrangea and cheryl hole then we have two queens from canada's drag race we have jimbo and lemon who i'm very i like i love those two queens then we have a few queens from us so we have juju b and monique hart and then we have Jeanne Jacquet from Holland and then we have Pangina Heels who is actually the host or a judge on Drag Race Thailand so it'd be really interesting to see how she gets on because she is obviously on the other side of things where RuPaul is but this time she's going to be in the contestants shoes so it'd be interesting to see that um but yeah I'm very excited for this it'd be interesting to see how things go down. Jujubee needs to win this season, regardless of how she gets on in it. I feel like the poor the poor girl. <laughs> She's been in, like, what, five different types of drag race? She's been in RuPaul's Drag Race Season 2, All-Stars 1, All-Stars 5, UK versus the world, and she was in Queen of the Universe as well. Like, that's insane. Like, she's been, like, just give her the fucking crown. <laughs> but honestly, props to her for competing so many times, you know? But I'm very excited to see that. I'm probably going to be doing, like, a little 
weekly roundup um, of season 14 and UK versus the world. Just like a quick few minutes on each um, on each season. But moving on to my final topic, which is a very sad topic. It is the murder of Ashling Murphy, which happened in Tullamore, County Offaly, about two weeks ago, I'd say now. Very, very sad. Um, she went out for a run in daylight. It was 4pm. And she was strangled and killed. And it's extremely sad and heartbreaking. It, like, it's so, so heartbreaking. Um, but some good news to come out of this whole this whole case is that the murderer was found. Um, he has been charged with the murder of Ashley Murphy. Such a great thing to hear. When I when I found out that they had found him and charged him, like there was like a sigh of relief for me, and I, so I can't even imagine how how relieving it was for women to hear that he had been found, but. Whether he had been found or not, it's still a heartbreaking thing and it's terrible that she went for a run in daylight, like, during the day, and she was murdered. And it's not as if it was in, like, a field. It was, like, literally in a public area that she went for a run. It's just so heartbreaking. So, just hope that some change can come out of this, that women feel safer going for a run or just going out in general um because you know with clubbing obviously they're spiking we saw that whole thing happen back in October when the clubs reopened and now with this and I feel like it was a big shock to everybody in Ireland because you you know you hear about these kind of things happening in bigger cities like London or whatever but you never think it would happen in Ireland let alone rural Ireland and like literally the middle of nowhere you know yeah I can't even imagine how women feel literally fearing their lives whenever they go outside and like after when Ashing's murder happened even I got scared so I can't even imagine how women are feeling but <sighs> hoping there's a bit of change and men decide to cop on and get a grip of their lives and just stop torturing people. Oh my God, stop, like, it's just so, ugh, I don't even know. Books, yeah, it's terrible. So, so, so terrible. And there we have it. Thank you so much for listening to the first ever episode of the Go Ahead podcast. We made it, guys, we made it to the end. Make sure to give the podcast a five-star rating on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow the podcast Instagram page at goahead.pod for any updates on the show. Or you can send me a message on the Instagram to submit any topics that you want me to talk about or any constructive criticism you may have. Or you can email me at podcastgoahead at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Go Ahead podcast. I'm starting the Sex in the City recaps this Thursday, so be sure to check in and give it a listen. But in the meantime, go ahead and indulge. Bye. <laughs>